You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's RB Divas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's RB Divas After Show. Well, well, well. Here we go once again. Sorry we've been out for two weeks, but we're about to kick off right now R&B Divas Atlanta Reunion Part 2. What do you guys think about Mr. Joe Claire? And his- <laughs> well, I mean, pretty much... How about pretty- we just kick his ass yeah, off Pretty much, Joe Claire, we are resigning you your position after Buzz and Reunion shows. But uh, I think... You know, they kind of accomplished a little bit, a little bit more than last week overall. But at the same time, I think that, you know. Oh, sorry. I beg to differ. They ain't accomplished nothing. I mean, the only thing they really accomplished is that, A, who's coming back for season three? Nobody really knows. <laughs> That's crazy. Nobody really knows that they got a job next season. But then they also the, the issue between Selena and Nikki. And I think, like, Selena kind of expressed her issues with Nikki and the overall thing being that, oh, the wizard that we still don't even know who the magical wizard is. So, you know, she expressed her feelings that, you know, she did a lot of mistakes and everything, whereas that she apologized for her actions, which as an adult, I think that is a great thing because anytime you make a mistake, especially on public, in anybody's eyes, you should basically kind of have... The, the ability to come back and apologize to someone. And we apologize to you guys. So welcome to After Buzz TV. We're doing the After Buzz uh, reunion for uh, R&B Divas. And I'm Bam Erickson. I'm Alfred Thomas. And I'm Larice Peoples. We sorry. So, we just had to go in because yeah. this show has so much we need to talk about, yeah. gentlemen. I, well, I'll start from the top. Joe Claire lost control of his show. Yes. And basically someone made the proper decision to take him off it for a while, mm-hmm. Try to get him together and uh, put Shirley Ralph on. Yeah, I thought that was a great move. I don't know if he felt like he couldn't handle the situation and needed to run away. But either you made a good move of saying take me off for a bit, or the producers, the Wizards, came in and finally did <laughs> something right. But what was interesting and 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 just uh, we have a treat for you guys. So now, that, in addition to uh, doing the uh, R&B Divas Atlanta reunion part two, we're going to also then go dive into R&B Divas LA, the season premiere, which yeah. happened last night. So we're excited. So we have a lot. We have a lot to discuss. But when they started. It was behind the scenes. Obviously, the cameras had stopped rolling, but they were still taping behind the scenes. Mm. There's all this bickering going back and forth, bickering going back and forth. And Nikki walks up, and she's, she, she walks out the set. Selena's going off. She's saying what she's got to say. And I like how she said, Selena goes, your casket ready, your foul, and so is your outfit and your tie. <laughs> and so enough, she took off that big old flower. And yeah, she, no did. she did. She did. She did. She did. And then Kiki Wide is like, it's not that serious. And, and Selena Selena's like no, and then all you hear is a bunch of cussing. But the 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 reaction to Joe Claire, did you see how he was looking, sitting there? He was like this. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he was kind of in a position where he didn't really know what to do or how to control the situation. Where you just kind of let, oh, I'm just gonna let him fight. It's like two dogs fighting in the street. What do you do? You just let them go at it till somebody get tired enough and walk away from the situation. But that looked jo- like a dude in the hood with two ratchet females <laughs> talking about which one had his baby, and it got so extreme that he just sat there like, ugh, in the middle of the porch, just yeah. Right I, I, I think like really choosing Joe Claire was a poor, poor choice as of really trying to controlling the show and controlling. The reunion itself, he didn't ask. He didn't answer the right, ask the right questions to, for the women to really kind of like clear up a lot of a lot of issues that they had in the in the whole season. And the fact that he says, "Well, the divas ain't listening to me. Maybe they'll listen to her." So Shirley Ralph, she, Shirley Ralph was supposed to do a different segment where they talk about the episode in which she appeared for her charity event for um, for the AIDS benefit. But because it was so out of control, mm. they decided to ask if Shirley would come in and intervene. For me, again. As I said, as I said two weeks ago, part one I felt was a waste of my time. Yeah, I could have been doing anything. I could have been shopping, up, you know, shopping in a bowl of ice cream. I could have been doing anything, but why, I felt like this was a waste of my forty-two minutes because they don't want to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Why the hell are you at a reunion to wrap up? what the season was for if you don't want to answer questions. Because Nikki, the executive producer, and she can just do whatever she wants. Let's, and she can pretty much just like... The weakest executive producer I've ever I mean, seen but, in my life. But, 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 but I'm going to say, like, when Shirley Ralph came in, she kind of took control of the situation and asked, you know, real great questions. Even when they start to bicker, she's like, hold up, you know, y'all need to stop arguing. I'm in control right now. So I just think that was big ups to Shirley Ralph over Joe Clare. She Sorry, had better questions. Or <laughs> she at least led the women into talking about situations yeah. a little bit more informative than when Joe Clare was. Because I mean, I, I, I honestly, when when the dude came back, he had what in total? I think no more. Probably like five, no more than eight questions he he brought to the total and his que- interview. Yeah. And his questions were terrible. But Horrible. before we before we get to that, so the thing that Shirley Ralph basically she tried to attempt to is is get to Selena and Nikki. So she mm-hmm. asked Selena, you know, how did she see herself? And she said that you know um, that she and, and then. Everybody starts crying. I'm like, oh, for real? It goes from a bunch of angry black women to everybody get your moment in tears in yeah. so that we can at least get people to like us I mean, again. But that- look at the issue they was crying about. It was, it was the whole, like, the AIDS issue. And a lot of them no, on- no, 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 no. That, they weren't crying no, about that because what happened was when when uh, when Shirley Ralph asked uh, Selena, you know, uh, about how did she view herself um, watching the show, she said, this is not what I signed up for. I'm a singer. I'm an artist, you know, and the person purpose is to share her gift and and sh- and she has to defend herself when she feel like she's being bullied now as to how this all became a trickle effect and everybody started crying particularly Nikki being that Selena was basically pointing a finger at her mm. I was there something in the ed- I, I just think Nikki just pretty I much like, again she, she always tried to play the victim card where they feel like everybody's after her everybody's attacking her but at the end of the day I just feel like she's still the same person no matter what she's mm-hmm. the conniving person she's the person who's really gonna go- feel like she's the victim all the time and she's the person that's really going to feel like, you know, I need self-pity. I'm always be the person. I'm going to be two people. I'm going to be the person that either cry. I'm going to be the person that either, like, out-talk each each individual mm. to make seem like, I don't want you to talk. I'm going to out-talk you. So, it's just like that issue with Nikki. I think, uh, I think she, I mean, I, for 
some people when they're on these reality TV shows, which if you ever get blessed to be in a situation where you're on a TV show, you know, know your true self before you get on there. I think that's the most important thing. Um, the entertainment industry, the producers, the wizards or whatever, they can um, easily manipulate people or put you in positions to where you look at your... I, like, I, I, this is the only pass I'm giving Nikki. <laughs> I think she got over her head. She got this new project. She she put on these girls. She thought she was a boss. She found out she really wasn't a boss. Some people, when they get on in front of those lights, in front of those cameras, they become, they give themselves a pass of, I'm I'm involved in the show. This is me on the show. This isn't the, isn't the real me. But then when they get caught up, and in Nikki's case, it was majorly caught up with seeing her choose to do her friends the way they did and her business the way she has. I think it just it became like she's just naive to the game. She didn't maybe when she was just doing the stuff for. Um, uh, I have to disagree with you, Mr. Black, and I, I think it's BS. I, I'm trying to give it a pass. I can't. I think <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to disagree with you. I think it's BS. When they when Shirley asked how did she come across, she said it was an embarrassment embarrassment to my uh, to my mother. And I feel like because her mother got the slack, because you know what happens when you show your ass on TV, everyone goes to your mom and be like, what's wrong with your child? Mm-hmm. So now she's embarrassed because now she has to, she has to, um, she has to own up to her actions, which I don't feel like she's doing. That's, that's my problem with, with, um, with that. Then she goes on to say how, how there's not one person in her life that recognizes the person that she, that the person who she was portrayed on TV. Now, she did say that Faith is the only person that has said publicly that's not her. I was there. I have heard Faith say that that is not who, that's not who Nikki is. But I'm sorry, Nikki Gilbert, but you said a couple things that you lost me. You said that I've never cursed anybody out, not Monifa, not Selena. I've never get loud. That is the biggest damn lie I've ever heard. Let's go back to season one. In season one, when Kiki Wyatt was having the baby shower, she took over and she wanted to run things. She was telling what people what to do. And her famous, let me finish with the whole with the whole finger thing. She the was finger she, the finger motion. <laughs> let me finish. You're mm. talking loud to Selena. You've talked loud to everybody. You talk loud to Angie Stone. So for you to lie to lie and say that you never talk loud, you're lying, you're not owning up. And then for the fact that you said that you never curse anybody out, it's a freaking lie. I'm so over Nikki. Like seriously. I mean it's just one of those things where you know how like a lot of times people are just so embarrassed about the things that they do that you know they have a tendency like they want to forget so they want everyone else to forget about it. So that's probably the reason why she's like, oh I never did this, I never did this. But we've seen it. Season one and especially season two you know, a lot of things that she did, I felt was disrespectful to a lot of the girls, a lot of the women and the divas on the show are disrespectful to her mom also, I'm pretty sure. But at the same time, as a person, she's not going to be the person that owns up to the things that she does. She's going to brush it under the rug. Be like, I give you a sympathy. I give you like a, a simple apology to where to make you feel like I'm sorry. But deep down inside, I don't feel like she's sorry, even though Faith probably said, this is not the Nikki Gilbert that I know, but you don't know her behind closed door. You know her on a professional level. And a lot of time when you kind of out with people, they're never going to show you their true color 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to give it. Like I said, I think when you get up in the big cameras and the big lights, I think she she just got over herself. And, I, and I mean, it's true. She, she totally... Um, found a political way to answer all questions or veer around it to get her to be in a position of looking like a victim. But I think she's I think she's just as naive as well as as well as 
uh, responsible for herself. But I think she is a little bit going in there, getting caught up in the lights, and then making her own like excuses for it. But there, but black the the excuses are ridiculous. I said it was justified. Okay, I know, I know. <laughs> I, but and then she also said that that's not who she is, and that the producers, it's the producers' fault, and the producers don't like me. I I want to cuss right now. I that I'm just like you're the executive producer. How the producers do not like you? It's bullshit. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, so you can't really say the producers don't like. I mean, that's just the person that she is. We've seen the true Nikki Gibbert season one, season two. Really, kind of like, you know, dug into Nikki as a person, as an individual, and what type of characteristic that she has, and I think that she's capable capable of doing. So if she does come back for season three, I think it's going to just be be more and more drama for her on season three. What What's also just annoying, like as I was watching the show, trying to take notes. There's so many answers that I feel was not there was nothing was answered. N- nothing was answered, and so when they go into just now, just a moment, she's saying, "This is not me. This is not me. This is not me." Then the next segment, they they ask about the whole the whole tour thing and the whole uh, the whole thing with Angie. Then she goes from. It's the producer's fault. It's the producer's fault. Then she goes back to regular Nikki self, and then she starts saying how you offended me because you came to my place of business. You went so to my daughter, her charity. But first of all, someone mentioned someone mentioned on um, on on YouTube, and I'm sorry that I, I don't have the name with me. But someone mentioned that why wasn't Nikki's daughter at the charity event, and it's her daughter's event. That is a and great wh- question. There was there was just there are so many questions that was not asked. And then another thing which I felt was a little when they started talking about when they started speaking about the whole tour thing. Mm-hmm. And there's just always this whole this up and down thing. Nikki how how come it was never how come Nikki was never asked when she denied that her charity event were going to have producers there and and promoters? It was on camera. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. on camera. No one questioned her. And then another thing that annoyed me about... Oh, go ahead. But at I'm, the same I time, wanna... I mean, when you kind of speak about the tour, where she kind of, like, rejected the whole Selena sister, like, want to put together a tour. But even with the charity event, she said, oh, well, you know, it's a great opportunity for Brownstone to go back on tour yeah. and for the Divas to perform to her. So there's a lot of unanswered questions because that's a question that should have been basically, like, brought up to the table that, that should have been asked. One is that why you present that your daughter have a, a charity and it was not even established yet. So Angie's not wrong for even ask, asking the question not of, you know, mm-hmm. why the charity is not even established. You know, because that's the first thing when you ask someone, okay, cool, like, can you do something for my charity? Can you do something for my business? But I don't have a business yet. So what are you really asking people for? You're asking for a favor to do something for you, you know. And then then also with the whole Brownstone tour, again, it's the same thing Selena wants to do. And I think Nikki, what it is, she just wants to be in control of everything. And she just lost control over the show. So she just started to be spiteful to each and every single person mm-hmm. on the show to basically be like, you know... I'm still I'm still gonna be the top person because if I can't be you know the angel on the show I'm gonna be the devil on the show. So she had to basically figure out what is her place and what is you know what is, what does she really represent you know for R&B Divas Atlanta. I mean, which also I think uh, with the Divas being there, they should have been able to. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't bring up those questions. Forget giving on um, putting everything on Joe Claire. There were some things that were being talked about that you could literally tell that nobody was opening up about or opening their mouths about. I mean, I feel like 
again with that situation with her with Nikki and uh, Angie, <clears throat> I think she further established herself as a more sane and more <laughs> level headed person of the group by you know except for that white chalkboard and bringing it out again and, uh, <laughs> and it just being so. And the whole thing with the when she wrote "Let It Go" when yeah. they were getting ready to ask the question and um, uh, the question Nikki wanted to answer in regards to the uh, the email blast. Mm. Nikki was getting ready to spawn. Miss Miss old Angie Stone has to go put up her board and says, let it go. No, Angie, we don't want to let this go because we are here investing our time, 42 minutes. We want to know the answers to this email blast. But at the same time, that was up to Joe Claire to be like, okay, cool, Angie, that's great. But at the same time, Nikki answered the question. You know, it it really kind of goes back to, one, I wouldn't even blame Joe Claire, but it goes back to the executive producers who really basically allow him to ask those questions, who who they should have more detailed questions for the viewers, you know, to give them some type of insight why all this happened. If it was the wizard considered the the producers, you know, those questions should have been answered. Yeah, well... Um, I I just feel like overall the show, the reunion show, was poorly done. I felt like there was a lack of uh, guests. I feel like there were so many people involved with different storylines. I didn't know why Rocco was brought on. You don't have Mike. Why you don't have the daughter. Why you don't have, you know, like just having um, Monifa's girl and uh, Rocco come on as as guests, I think was weak. It was weak. Everything was weak. Michael was there, but he didn't want to come out. So at least Rocky said that he called he. I made it to own, calling him a bitch because of his actions of how of how he went and he blabbed. Mm. But he says that once he got to know, but, but, but that, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I mean, but at go, the same time, like, the same it, it really didn't like make any sense for the reunion because like Michael's not there. Rocky shouldn't have came out mm-hmm. just for him to be like, "Oh, I'm a pub. We apologize. Like for calling Michael a bitch." But at the same time, it's like y'all friends off camera right now, so that it had really like no pertinence to like why why is Rocky here. Trying to show that men can deal with their issues and get along. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 the show's about R&B Diva. It's not about Rocky and Michael mending their relationship for him calling him a bitch. It, yeah. I mean, sorry. I, even with Monifa girlfriend, it's kind of like, okay, well, she's here. Glad to see you, but she has no, like, relevant for even being, like, in the reunion because it's all about the Divas and hashing out the issue that kind of took place throughout the season. Well, that's any, just my thing. Any final thoughts before, um, before we. I give some quick uh, gossip or some news. I mean, I hope season three is a lot better. I hope everybody come back and be able to work together as one. Again, this tour, everybody's still looking for the tour, so hopefully they get the tour together. I th- hopefully on the next reunion, they have a better host. They'll be able to answer a lot of, ask a lot of different questions to give answers to a lot of the viewers. And I really think that Nikki should basically, like, really... Not come back. Not come back. <laughs> And Latasha, she says she's gonna pray about it. So that to me, that sounds like she's not coming back. Mm. There was they didn't really utilize her, and she sat there the whole entire the entire time. And Joe, it was uh, yeah okay. Yeah, she didn't really have like she had a small portion. The biggest yeah. thing about La- Latasha this season was the twentieth year anniversary for So So Deaf yeah. and. The meeting with Jermaine Dupree. Well, and some and some good news for um for RBD was Atlanta it boosts TV ratings, and so according to TV One, the series has helped create a thirty four percent year over a year increase in viewership since its uh, return in May. But what are their blood pressure levels now? <laughs> That's what I would like to know. Well, uh, the part one reunion that aired on June twenty six, it had a point six seven rating among adults of twenty five to forty four, delivering four hundred and four four hundred and fourteen thousand. 
414,000 uh, viewers between, between the, the ages of 25 <coughs> to 54, and then it had an overall of 0.91 household rating, delivering a total of 522,000 views. So good job, TV1 okay. and RB Divas. That's the people's lives out. All right, so, um, <laughs> and do we have anything else before we go into RB Divas LA? Joe Claire. Do comedy or do a video uh, <laughs> countdown show mm -hmm. or do like one of those uh, college uh, spring bling or, Something. you know what I'm saying, somebody <laughs> homecoming. But no stay yeah. your butt away from the R&B Divas All right. or at least watch the show yeah. if you're going to do it. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to return with R&B Divas Season 1 of L.A. We got After Hi. Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you. A lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds. Like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? I guess I ain't got no reason to mingle around. I found a superwoman that could leave from the trial. It seems like everybody hit me. I'm trying to bring you down. Some niggas without shit. All right, all right, everybody. We are back again. Afterbus TV. I'm your host, Luis Peebles. I'm Bam Erickson. And I am Alfred Thomas. And we are bringing you tonight the R&B Divas LA, the season premiere tonight. What do y'all guys think, man? I think, like... This song right here says it all. It's like upbeat. Yeah. I loved it. Everybody was great. You know, I'm think I'm I'm really interested in seeing the whole entire season. I feel like it's a refreshing cast. Yeah. And they <laughs> look pretty. They look like they smell good. You know what I'm saying? When you think about uh RB Divas Atlanta and Kiki, I'm thinking about farts and, and pig feet and stuff like that. Now all of a sudden I feel like I smell roses. I mean, I, like literally, like when I saw it. I was kind of like taking, it literally changed my opinion about R&B Divas because mm -hmm. it's a different tempo. All mm -hmm. the ladies seem to be a lot more classier. They understand what they want. Again, it's the first season premiere, mm -hmm. even though we know it's going to be a lot of drama. But mm -hmm. it embodied so much. And so it got, it broke down who all of the artists was to yeah. start off, obviously, with Kelly Price and her manager, Jeffrey. What up, Jeffrey? Uh, and they were inside the house and they were, um, and first of all, Kelly Price is um, she's an R&B uh, she's an R&B singer she got her background uh, she got her start singing background from Mariah, from Mariah Carey if you remember on the Unplugged on the I'll Be, I'll Be There with Trey Lorenz one of the background singers that was Kelly Price then she started doing backup for 
R. Kelly, Aretha Franklin, 112. And she just yeah. kind of worked her way until she eventually got her um, her contract with Dev Jam Recording. And she came out with her hit single, Friend of Mine. So mm-hmm. she has a huge catalog. Yeah. And then she's also uh, known for Mo Money, Mo Problems on Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, we can dance, dance. Is that her? That's like that. Oh, which uh, one's the one where her skating? Oh, and that? big old pink. Wait, yeah, yeah, with Jermaine <laughs> Dupree. I forgot the name of the song, but yeah. Name of and you so, know what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, people. And so, uh, so Kelly Price started uh, back in 2012. She had a Grammy party where she had a bunch of R&B singers featured. Larissa and I, we were actually at that event. Yeah, we, we was covered, covered it. Red carpet. And we covered it, and we Jealous. saw we saw all of all of the uh, all of the uh, the of divas the, at the time. We didn't know what was going on, yes, but did. yeah, we pretty much got to see all of them. And so Kelly wanted to start doing the showcase where she features new talent. And just talent and R&B uh, music as well. So then Shantae Moore comes over. And so Shantae Moore is also an R&B Still singer. From, uh, she's also a singer from the 90s. And her hits was uh, It's All Right. Shantae's got, oh, got a man. Shantae's got a man. Oh, and love no, taking over. No, she don't right now. Shantae, you're Shantae. And she was, she was married to uh, Kenny Lattimore and Kenny Hardison. And he talked nothing played about him. Dwayne intro. Wayne. <laughs> of a different world. <laughs> he and must so, have hurt her bad. She... <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's let's we can just go right into Shantae Moore. So Shantae's her story is is the deport the the divorce papers are signed, sealed, and they're mailed off. And yeah. her and Kenny has been together for I believe ten or eleven years. They're such a beautiful ten years. couple. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Right, go and so it's over. And so. so she says she's a little she's a little bitter about it, but she's willing to date but not do any uh, serious commitment relationships, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's been uh, married. She's been married for 10 years. And then in addition to that, then she was married to Kadeem Hardison, mm-hmm. yeah. in which she has. Um, Dwayne. A, Dwayne. 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 <laughs> and so I thought that was I thought that was really cool. And so she um, the two of them have a conversation. Kelly and Shante have a conversation about the open mic. I can tell Shantae Moore's about to give you a little, a little fire yeah, because I, I, she was like, she was like, okay, and who are these other people? Like she, she already had her guard up. She kind of had a. She gonna be the sassy one on the show. I, I really think so, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I think Shantae like she's really in it to win it. To where mm-hmm. she her her attitude is like, okay, well. Just let me know what's going on. If it sounds great, she's mm-hmm. like the Kiki. Yeah. If it sounds great, you know, I'm I'm about being a part of it and making sure that it's successful. That's what I think of Shantae Moore. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And then so Don Robinson was introduced. Don Robinson is one of the singers from En Vogue. I can't say she was the lead singer because all four of the girls, they were lead singers. But yeah. uh, the songs that she led was Giving Them Something He Can Feel, um, My Love and You're Never Gonna I Get remember It. That and back in don't, the days, uh, boy. And um, Don't Let Go. Uh, let go. Wait, don't let go mm-hmm. from the set it off soundtrack. Yeah, and she was also a member of Lucy Pearl with Raphael Sadiq. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, the reason that her departure from In Vogue was because of money. She's like, mm-hmm. she like I wasn't yeah, making no money. <laughs> I heard her say in another interview that they were getting two cents to every dollar. Oh, two so, cents, man. Yeah, that's I, a- I don't know if she was being facetious, but. She, she said they, she they weren't making any money. So robbed. So therefore she uh, that was the reason that she's left. I mean, you gotta be careful what type of contract you sign. Yeah. You Watch know, your business. Watch you your make, business. You make sure you understand your business. And then <laughs> let's let's talk about little Mo. So little Mo, she said Beyonce is here and I don't have the machine to get there, but she's on her way. She's yeah. uh she's in LA, she's married. And she's Thug ready me. to get her, yeah. <laughs> hey, but and she's ready to get her back. 
But you know what? It's like you really haven't heard anything from like Little Mo in such a long time. But you know her expectation is real high because like she want to kind of reach like Beyonce's level. But at the same time, you gotta look at it like okay, well you haven't put anything out what the past what ten years. Well, she's put out. She's I think her last CD was probably like two thousand seven, but. She was. She made a lot of guest appearances um, on Hot Boys with Missy Elliott. She was. Um, That's two thousand. Well, I'm just. I'm giving her big hits. <laughs> yeah. Forever with Fabulous. Yeah, but yeah. I think. I think her uh, little Mo represents the epitome of people who have true bold talent, who are yeah. out there, who try. And I mean, it. It is an industry that has a lot of different factors that come into play when it comes to actual you know number counts when it comes to success Mm -hmm. and what you're able to expose yourself to and i think i mean i think you can tell by the way she comes off i don't think she's the easiest person to work with or be around like she looks like a strong energy and a lot that can help and also can hurt you and i I mean i can't wait to see how the show develops to see how that evolves into what her story is but i still feel like she's she's always been one of the best singers you could throw her name out with and not to dis- and not to discredit her, but yeah. you know, people like Beyonce and Mariah, they don't really take breaks. You know, yeah. a-, a break for yeah. them is like six months. So you've been gone a long time, little Mo. So Sorry, if you want to, like, I had a baby. Yeah, and, uh, I'm back at it. But I'm glad to see she's back. She mm-hmm. sounds great. You mm-hmm. know what? It, it, you, the the interesting thing about all these diva is really to understand. You know, later on in the year to kind of see is anybody gonna put out an album. Yeah. That, that that's my biggest thing because like even though because you kind of take like Army D was Atlanta nobody put an album out yet two season nobody had an album Selena's on she's Single. on the cusp she, yeah, yeah she's on the cusp Single. but at the same time I want to make sure that hey are they gonna put an album out anybody on Army D was L A you know this is something that we should really reach into our fans should really kind of tweet us about even go to like iTunes mm-hmm. and make sure you go to iTunes and where. Send us messages because we want to kind of what are your thoughts, what are your feelings about the R&B Divas LA and about the R&B Divas as a whole. If anybody can put an album out, and if so, like who would you want to put albums out? Make sure you download the iTunes um, podcast on your 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 iPad, your your Galaxy tablet, your iPhones, your S your S fours, whichever mobile device that you have. Make sure you go to iTunes and basically get the app um, After Buzz app. Rate us, comment us, let us know what you, what we need to improve on. But we, it's a serious question out there. Let us know if you want any of the R&B to actually put an album out. And if so, which one you want to put an album out first? Let's go into, speaking of albums, uh, let's go into Michelle A. Now, Ooh. her story. Ooh, wait, <laughs> well, let's wait. Let's okay. have a moment for her voice. <laughs> And where did that come from? Hey, her voice <laughs> is like amazing. Like literally, she like no, no, no. He's I, he's talking I'm talking about, about the talk voice, not the same uh, voice. <laughs> don't, you, don't get twisted. Come on, we should be telling you. I'm like, man, where, where did the chairs come from? Who, I engineer Marissa <laughs> knew who she was through the, her through the music, but. When she we were watching, she was like, "Oh my God, is that how she really talks?" Yes. I think uh. I, I, I did some research. People really thought her voice she that was a whole gimmick that she spoke like that kind of as a gimmick. But I think it's a Michael Jackson thing. I think they talk like that to keep their voice a certain way. That's because I mean we're gonna do research and development. You ever seen? That's a full on strong voice. So it's, for me, I'm like, if you could sing like that, you could talk like that. It's but, just like talking like this. No. Whatever. Larissa and I. 
uh, Michelle was at the Grammy party uh, last year for Kelly Price, and when we interviewed her, she talked in that same, same voice. voice. And another guy who was affiliated with who we um, were doing the interviews with, she kind of read him. She kind of gave it to him because he she was he was asking questions, and she's like, Mike. wait, she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, boy, stop texting me them questions. Get on my face with the camera. Like, I, like, I can't really, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's she, her voice. Yeah, and it's kind of amazing though because she has such a squeaky voice, but she also has such a powerful voice oh when God. she's like singing. Yeah. You can really feel that she's a genuine artist and she Something loves what she does. But let's get to her backstory. So she has a she <laughs> has what a, a story. It is <laughs> she has. <laughs> She has a son by Dr. Dre. She was on tour with MC Hammer, and in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the tour, she found out that she was three months pregnant with Dre's baby, which is um, which is a son. Then Wait, later, you, I think you meant Suge. No, 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 no. no. Not, she not. had was, she Dre. had a baby with Dre first because Dre was the one that produced her album, and she was okay. with that whole she yeah. was with the whole camp. Then after that, after it didn't work out with Dre, then she got with Suge Knight, got married, and then she found out by the IRS and FBI <laughs> that, that their married. marriage was That's not. So Legit, but yeah. she has a daughter who's ten years old. So with Suge Knight, with Suge Knight. And just on a side note, I had a friend of mine who actually used to had a, someone she, they used to visit, and so she would see me. She she would see Michelle visiting Suge Knight in prison as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so she's back. It's yeah. the love. It's the love thing. <laughs> yeah. But who would want to be the next boyfriend? Knowing that's behind that kind of. I mean, back but, hey. other than Dre and them Dre beats. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm nervous. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, I think Michelle A., she's, uh, she's a really yeah. great, you know, like, I'm really kind of interested to see what's going to happen and with she, her. And she's really saucy. She said, you know, you don't have to be in love to make a baby. It's just sex. Yeah. So, and just from what think, we've I'm seen a, I'm going to use that comment. Yeah. People are like, girl, you don't have to be in love. <laughs> but I ain't trying <laughs> to make no baby. We ain't making no baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, uh, then Don Robinson's in the studio and... She's recording her album, and then she hears this girl on the um, uh, singing in the studio with a guitar, Acoustic. and it is uh, Claudette Ortiz, who is from the <sighs> member of City <laughs> High. It got better with time, y'all. Man, that's, that's a wine of a woman. Yeah, and her two and her two singles was uh, "What Would You Do" and "Caramel," and uh, Wyclef uh, John was a mentor. But she had an interesting story too because she told Don Robinson when the two of them were conveniently sitting outside at the Grove <laughs> on Third and Fairfax here in LA. <laughs> She said, was having that, lunch, okay? Yeah, having lunch, and you could see all the you could see all the people watching and looking as what's going on. Yeah. And so Claudette said that when she was in the group, she first got with Robbie, which was the other member of, of, of City High. Yeah. And he had alcohol issues and so he became abusive. And so there to comfort oh, him. Um in your favorite words, then Ryan Toby, who's the other member who was also um in um in Sister <laughs> Act with uh, Lauren Hill and mm-hmm. uh and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. He so happened to comfort her and cuffed her. They got married, had three kids, and now they're divorced, right? Yep, yeah, divorced. divorced. And she moved out to L.A. from mm-hmm. the big, from my great city, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So right. she moved out to L.A. to pursue her career in acting and music. Mm-hmm. And, it's just like, again, it's so convenient that mm-hmm. Don kind of saw her in the studio, yeah. invited her out to kind of like, you know, come, come hang out with me. So it was kind of a great thing, you mm-hmm. know, for her. Uh, Storyline-wise... I thought it was a very cheesy setup, but I mean, production-wise, <laughs> I thought I mean, I, for the intro of this show, I, I fed into it, especially with the experience from R&B Divas Atlanta and how the storylines kind of folded. I thought it was a little, oh, set up the cameras, oh, she, she's gonna come in and say hi. Oh, what's up, girl? 
this good thing going on tonight. <laughs> and, and then they, I thought all oh, that was they, play, yeah. playful. Yeah, but and, it was a good setup. If I was a little kid, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think like I think now. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily. But but wait, okay. Let me ask this question. So they exchange numbers on the iPhones, mm. and she's like, you know, hey, I want you to be a part of this open mic with Kelly Price. Kelly Pr- Price invited you, Don Robinson. How? Isn't there rules and like like if Larissa, if you're having a party and you invite me, I don't just say, "Hey, Black, you know Larissa's having a party. You should." Don't you but, ask first? But at the same time, you know, Kelly. The thing about the open mic, it wasn't just for like people who are established in the industry. It's for individuals who like, hey, here's an opportunity for independent artists and everything. And there's you, a sign up. I'm just saying, there's a sign up. There's a waiting list. I mean, but at the same time, like, I trust your good character and your good mm-hmm. judgment. You wouldn't bring anybody to my house that's gonna basically like tear up my house or tear up my party. I'm and the thing with Don probably felt like, hey, Kelly probably felt like, well, you know, if Don bring her. Okay, she's okay with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just that type of setup. You know, besides, who not want to bring Claudia? She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, beautiful. Well, if it was R&B Divas <laughs> Atlanta, that may, it would have been That would have been totally, yeah, totally <laughs> different story. So. He disrespected me. Don't mm-hmm. tell me. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought it was great. Even though the setup, it was kind of like, you know, oh, I'm in the studio, you're in the studio. But then they, you know, she kind of tell her backstory mm-hmm. to Don or what happened. And again, Another woman, possibly scorned. We don't know what really happened because mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, because every time I talk about it, it's like I'm reliving the situation. Oh. But a lot of people kind of go 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 through that type of thing. But again, you know, Claudia, it's one of those things you just have to let go mm-hmm. no matter how many times you talk about it. And a lot of times when you talk about things, it actually like allows you to be more free from the things that, that kind of bound you down from your past. Mm. I have to just I have to jump on the other side because... You weren't there. You don't know. So it's not as difficult. It may not be as easy to to speak on that. But at least she was able to feel comfort and speak it to Don because Don was also a part of a very successful group. And there was, you know, there it wasn't a it wasn't a nice breakup with them both. So at least the two, they were Mm -hmm. able to they were able to understand each other because they both are members of a group. Because you must look at it, man. It's the, it's the music industry. It's the entertainment industry. It's a hard industry. A lot of people have a lot of ups and downs in the industry. And every every breakup is not a good breakup. Yeah. The only thing I can say is sometimes I get tired of hearing that kind of stuff. In the, although, it, it's it, okay, so the facts are a lot of women go through a lot of uh, relationship, emotional shit that ends up, stuff that ends up being connected to their uh, their careers. I just I just feel like... I mean, a lot of guys go through things, but I, I don't think that you have to choose to let everybody know all your businesses mm-hmm. and all your story. I think sometimes what makes you a stronger character is by knowing what stuff to let out into the world or whatnot. So I don't mind it. It just still happens to be mm-hmm. most shows where it's a woman in in the industry of music that they have this attachment of a horrible relationship. But I one thing. But if it's true, it's true. Yeah. So I ain't trying to knock yeah. that. I'm just saying I'm tired of seeing it. One thing <laughs> that I one thing that I appreciate within this one episode, we were able to get all the information. Why did Don leave in Vogue? Yes. Why did yeah. Claudette leave <laughs> uh, City High? And she left New Jersey. She's got her kids. She can't just pack up and leave because yep. her kids are in school. You got Shante Moore who's dealing with her divorce, but I, uh, it appears that she's still cool with her um, her baby dad. You know, uh, her baby daddy Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> and then you have Kelly, and well, we don't really know what's going on with Kelly, but we were able to see all of this all within one show, and it mm-hmm. was all let out. And so for me, that I found <laughs> that to be pretty entertaining. No, that's fine. Yeah, I think like you know they really kind of broke down the characteristics of. Every- Everybody, so all the future episodes is gonna be 
all the encounters that they have now. So it's not going to be like, oh, let me tell you the backstory about, like, this is what happened in my past. Because all that's just kind of like it's in the forefront in the season premiere, and everything that's going to happen now is going to basically be like, okay, cool, this was currently happening in my life right now. This is currently currently happening with me and the divas of, of R&B LA, and those are the issues that we're going to kind of face, which is a great thing. And what I thought was random, but I thought it was a good moment because... Well, okay, Don and Michelle at the dance studio with Tony, the some choreographer by the name of Tony. Now, you know, they was doing their little moves, a little two-stepping, but it's kind of that same moment when Nikki had uh-huh. needed the needed the the choreographers for her show. Like Don, you knew you weren't about to get up and shoe wop and do wop and, and two-step. Uh-huh. And I mean, Michelle, you stood there with the mic stand, being, being cute. I mean, but it's just like one of those things that, like, I, I play sports. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't play sports in 20 years, you know, I'm going to try to get somebody to, like, like, you know, I'm not used to all the new techniques and stuff that mm-hmm. kind of happens. Because, like she said, my daughter's, like, 10 years old. She know all the fast stuff, and she be trying to teach me everything, and I just can't get the hang of it. It's just something that just happened. Everybody want to kind of be new, mm-hmm. hip, and new. It's something new for them because, again... It's a show about themselves, mm-hmm. about them re- really kind of rebranding themselves mm-hmm. and about their new music. So they're going to try to, like, change. They can only change with so much. Yeah. But who, who does choreography for open mic, though? That was my whole point. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I mean, but at the yeah. same time, they want to make sure they look good. Yeah. You know, that wasn't something. Yeah. They just want to make sure yeah. they look good. For, for me, I'm I going feel, against y'all yeah, right now. I felt you like, did. I'm sorry, but I felt like they could <laughs> have crazy. used a different medium. But then again, they've already, you know, uh, Little Mo already had her wine, or she called her True Juice. There was already <laughs> the, the drinking segment. There was always the, already the dinner. So maybe they couldn't figure out. But I, I still appreciate it because the, the point of that conversation is that Don wants kids. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that that's something we're going to see later on uh, in the episode. Let's get into the open mic. Yeah. Let's I mean, get into open mic. Before we get into that, did y'all did you guys see Norwood? Do you know who that is? He's always in the blogs. He's, I, I didn't see him. Though. Oh, he has like okay. Well, he has like tons of plastic surgery. He has like this really big hair, and he's on the red carpet. He's in the blogs, but nobody knows what he does. Mm. Anyway, nah, go ahead. I, I didn't see. He's yeah. another wizard. Yeah, oh, the, uh, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, and so it was at the Savoy in Inglewood, which is a uh, which is a uh, out to the Savoy. Yes, we've all to get down. Yes. we we've all been there. And so open mic, and so Kelly opens up with uh, "Ain't Nobody," which she sung that for the Bringing Down the House soundtrack, which is originally sung by Shaka Khan. So Kelly. She did her thing. Yeah, I think everybody did it. You know, I, I just think that overall, you know, everybody was just like, "Oh, I don't want to go up behind mm-hmm. Kelly," but yeah. at the same time, it's I, like Kelly. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Kelly. I mean, Kelly obviously could have really killed, but she just, she was medium. But yeah. a medium for Kelly is, like, fantastic. And then uh, Claudette got up, and what was interesting was Kelly and Shantae didn't know who she was. And then once they heard her voice, because she sung Caramel, mm. yeah. um, and she... City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she, she sounded right. I, I Yeah, I mean, I just think that all the divas actually did great. Uh, Claudette, Claudette, I mean, like, her voice is, like, amazing. I mean, it's always good to see individuals who have not seen mm-hmm. in so such a long time or who have not been in the light of music in such a long time to come out and they still have that. They still have the vocals. They still can perform. And, and I think that's the essence of the show is that, hey, these are divas who really, who still have the talent. Shantae Moore. I, I, I want to just go over Shantae Moore's song, It's All Right. And when she got into the whistle register. All right. <laughs> 
Shit. And, and Kelly was like, you know, when people hear singing, singers going to the upper register, they always sing Mariah Carey. There are a lot of R&B singers. Shantae Moore's one, Shawnee's Wolves. There's a lot of girls yeah. who can get up in that upper whistle register. Man, she was, and she wasn't up there for like two, three seconds. Yeah, she was, she was, right. I was like, man, like she is, whoa. Like my facial expression just changed. Like, and then she, and, 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 and then, the, and then she had the musicians, <laughs> you know, fall on her with the hands. I mean, she. Yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think in general, this group, these um, women have a uh, greater talent than R&B divas at Atlanta. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I think their runs and them little, the little transition sections were way better. I thought their you know, voices I, and I, their I, songs were sung way better. I thought their performances were way better. I got to hold and off you, on that right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, other, than, other than um, Kiki. Other than Kiki. You really and. can you can go blow for both. I had two teams. I would be on a team LA, LA. LA. <laughs> like if I was with the Lakers chilling with Kobe when he had Shaq. I mean I don't know, like it's still early. Well I'll tell you, other I, than a few like as a team as a whole, I think they can sing together as a team way as a whole, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Than, I, I agree. I go, I go yeah. for the team gathering. And then Don Robertson, she got up and did giving him something he could feel, which is one of the one of the probably one of the, the popular songs mm-hmm. for En Vogue when they you know had on the sexy red dresses. Yeah. She did a good job. Michelle Lay did a good job. Yeah. But what's really interesting is you had Michelle Lay, you had Claudette, you had Don, you had some of these girls who was really nervous about getting up and doing an open mic. And Michelle did really good. And you could tell she, although she has that soft voice, she has a very powerful voice because yes. she, was, she was this far away from the mic and she was belting out uh, something in my heart. So yeah. that just goes to show that, you know, although these girls are nervous, they're true, true singers. I have to just go to Little Mo really quick. She did Forever, which is one of the hottest songs mm. that I, I like from her. Oh, yeah. And then she went... Church of God. She went. She went, she went Church of God in Christ, mm-hmm. and she went to. I love to praise Him. I, I'm a Baptist boy myself, so I we sung that on many Sunday mornings I, I say, at know, El Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. But it was, it was such a great transition because she didn't miss a beat. Not and she just kind of went on. Everybody really kind of like enjoyed this. I think yeah. the open mic show. It mm-hmm. was so great, and it's such a great opening the for the army. Army Divas, <laughs> army Divas LA that. I think we just have a lot more to really experience with each one, each, each individual of the mm-hmm. show where we're really going to like enjoy their voices, we're going to understand the problems that they have, and that we're really going to just love the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where that I feel like I'm going to love the show. And I, I think, um, again, what you're saying is I think each singer brings a great, unique quality to the show compared to, I don't know, I felt like... R&B Divas Atlanta, it was more of the same kind of sounding people. Whereas this, I think each one has a caricature that could probably flow really great within each other. So I was like, okay. Like, that whole, whole open mic series of songs was like pleasant. That could be in my CD deck right now. And we all were very familiar with not only the songs, but we were familiar um, with who they were as an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got to know even more their personal background. So I felt like this episode gave me everything that it took two seasons for R&B Divas Atlanta to do and R&B Divas LA did it all in one episode. I just think overall you got to kind of look at, you know, the concept of the show mm-hmm. and how that 
they pretty much recreate the show from R&B Divas Atlanta. I think R&B Divas Atlanta, like, the season three should be just as good as the first season of R&B Divas LA. Mm-hmm. Just because of simple fact. these chicks. I mean, just because <laughs> the whole concept of it, you know, they look at all the mistakes that kind of took place in mm-hmm. R&B Divas Atlanta and kind of brought it, like, okay, cool, let's not make these mistakes, but let's make it more intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the, what made R&B Divas such a great, R&B Divas LA such a great show for the season premiere. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the controversy and the issues that they have at R&B Divas Atlanta. I hope so. That's what it is. And, you know, they get, kind of get the piggyback off of R&B Divas LA to help make R&B Divas Atlanta that much better. All right, well, let's go into some predictions on each of the characters and what we think they're going to bring. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. I mean, I think overall, I think between Don, Claudia, Shantae, Littlemo, Michelle A., and, you know, and Kelly... I think like everybody's gonna bring a real unique feature, you know, to where it's gonna surprise everyone. It's gonna allow us to learn more about them as individual ladies. We get to understand their problems and the issues that they deal with on the day to day. But also, it's gonna actually bring just uh, a conflict amongst everyone because it's not gonna be a show where everybody's gonna get along. I think somebody's gonna have a conflict. I think Shantae Moore is gonna be the, have the first conflict with someone. Mm-hmm. I think Lil Mo is going to be the first conflict. Her and Shantae Moore. That is. Ding, ding, ding. But, I, I uh, have. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I think um, I would like to see uh, Claudette Ortiz uh, see what she's going to try to do to fit within the group, being the newbie kind of person. And she's younger, I, I want to see what the dynamic of their relationships are and how they respect each other. Because it's, it's funny from R&B Divas Atlanta how that played a very major part. I think the the way you see people definitely will dictate the way you treat them and the way you're able to relate to whatever they have to say to you. And I feel like there's more unity and balance within this group of women. And I think they are pretty, so I don't mind looking at them. <laughs> and I may turn down the volume a little bit with Michelle Lee gets on there, but I think when she starts singing, I'm going to turn it all the way up. I think she's going to be a firecracker too. <laughs> Everybody turn it up. <laughs> I think she's going to be an issue, too, though. Michelle well, A is going to be an issue. I have, yeah, I have four names that I feel are going to give me everything that I, I hope that they give me. Michelle A is going to give some attitude because I know she has it in her. I saw a clip where Shante Moore tells Little Mo, I'm not scared of you. I'll fight you in heels. So I already know Shantae's going to give me everything that I know she's going to give, which is shocking because I wouldn't have never saw that. Little Mo, ever since I read in an interview that she went and got her dress at JCPenney's on the clearance rack and got 10% off, she's ghetto, she's hood, I like her, and I know <laughs> she's going to give me everything that I know she is, and plus she's a church girl. Don is a diva, and so... Yeah. I know at some point she's going to have a diva moment and Michelle Shanti Little Moore is not having it. Mm. But we hope that you have us next week. So um, unfortunately, it's time for us to uh, go and we'll come back next week. It was a great um, it was a great season for RB Divas Atlanta. And so hopefully there is a season three and we'll come back and we'll do that. But for now, we have RB Divas LA season premiere. We just did um, episode one. It was a great show, and uh, we'll be back next week. So let everyone know where we could be found on social media. You can find me at Alfred Thomas on Facebook or All Eyes on Black on Twitter. And you can find me at True People. That's T-R-U-P-E-O-P-L-E-S on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Also check out True People's Media. Thank you. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bam Erickson. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bingus for doing 
After Buzz TV, R&B Divas, L.A. Season 1. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 